Hey, I'm Dr. T, and this is That's Totally Normal, a podcast dedicated to explaining what's happening to your body during puberty. On this episode, body image. Let's be real. This is what puberty is really all about. More than any other time in our lives, this period of body maturation and development is a true test of our self-confidence. Puberty dishes it all out. Acne, body odor, random erections, leaking menstrual pads, boobs, voices cracking, crushes, weight changes. I'm totally done with puberty, and it still makes me blush to think of some of the things I went through. Like everyone's at different stages in puberty, everyone starts at different times. So even though we're all kind of going through it, um, everybody looks different and everyone's experiencing different parts of it. So um, it can be embarrassing if like you've started it before someone else or someone started it before you. I, I found puberty to be sort of a nuisance in my life because I got so much acne and just so much weird things happened. And it was um, definitely the acne and oh no, the voice cracks. The voice cracks are the worst. But here's the flip side. Ever hear the phrase, there's a light at the end of the tunnel? That's absolutely true of puberty, because there are things that happen during puberty that might seem really difficult in the moment, but these same things help define our character and shape the way we see ourselves in later adolescence and adulthood. And this leads us to this week's question. My weight has been the only thing on my mind lately. I've noticed it changing a lot, and it's upsetting me. Why is this happening? Weight changes are a huge part of puberty, and therefore affect our body image. So we're going to break this one down into three parts. Mental changes, physical changes, and external forces. And you'll see what I mean by this in a little bit. Girls nowadays are like really insecure. But it really feels like horrible. So, such a bad feeling where it's like you're so negative about yourself. And it's like you're constantly looking at why don't I look like this? Or like, why does my nose look like this? Why does my hair like stuff like that? And it's like, I mean... I have it, like I've been insecure. First, mental changes. What if I told you that doubt and insecurity were a natural part of the early stage of puberty? Seems unfair, right? But it's built into the way we experience body change and maturation. Let me explain. Think about frying an egg. The egg starts out all runny and well, you know, snotty. But the heat of the frying pan slowly converts that liquid into a solid. And the result is something totally different. Something happens during that frying process that changes the essence of the egg. And that's kind of like puberty. You enter puberty as a child and you leave puberty as an adult. And somewhere in the middle of the process, your brain is forced to shift and adjust to a new body and a new reality. So it's totally normal that you experience some mental highs and lows, doubts and confusion, self-criticism and discomfort. In fact, We know that there is a natural progression of perceived body image as your mind and your body go through adolescence. Seriously, it's been studied. The first phase is early adolescence. And during this time, individuals generally experience high levels of uncertainty and discomfort with their appearance. This is largely due to the transition from a child to no longer a child, not yet an adult stage of puberty. And questioning the process is how one rationalizes the changes in body image. I have tiny hands. There's always like a lot of insecurity for me in that. Like personally, I hate the way my nose looks. My least favorite is actually my chin. 
uh, just personally, I think my head in general is really round, and it just looks like I have a round head and then just like a point right here. The second phase is middle adolescence, as puberty is winding down. Body image is of the highest importance during this time because, well, romance is in the air. Hormones are running the show here, and the emphasis that the mind places on body image in middle adolescence relates to how an individual makes themselves appear attractive. And the final phase is late adolescence, generally encompassing the late teens and early 20s. During this time, body image has become fairly well solidified. The individual has grown more comfortable in the adult body, body image is set, and confidence is on the upswing. It's kind of the acceptance phase of puberty. The body has completed its transformation, and the rest of life can begin. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about physical changes. It's unavoidable. Puberty puts us all through some intense body morphing. And it's only natural to look at yourself in the mirror from one day to the next and think, what the heck is happening to my body? Those stretch marks and new body hair can cause anyone to feel a little insecure about these changes. But there's one major body image concern that deserves the focus here, and that's weight. Let's pause. Because weight affects so much of our body image, I want to really break down what is happening to hopefully bring you some comfort in your own weight changes. Hormone fluctuations, as well as rapid body growth, naturally demand an increase in body mass in order to maintain healthy development. Specifically, a burst of estrogen directs those born with female body parts to store extra fat in breasts and hips, which helps provide energy for a future potential pregnancy, while testosterone directs an increase in muscle for those born with male body parts. And an ever-fluctuating symphony of hormones during puberty directs general weight increases to keep up with the energy demands that are needed to allow puberty to proceed. There's this emphasis on the perfect body is someone who looks a certain way, not necessarily someone who is like happy with themselves mentally. It's more like if you look like this thing, you are you're healthy. Whereas like I know quite a few of my friends have like taken up such unhealthy like diets and exercises, and but because they look like this, they are treated as being healthy when they themselves don't feel great. I've always had like body weight insecurities. Um, not as much as my like female friends and stuff. Like they've had it the worst. Um, but like I've always wanted to be stronger. Like I always felt like I wasn't strong enough or I had too much weight on me. And when in reality I don't, but it's just that insecurity that just it's overwhelming. The unfortunate truth is that we humans have a flawed relationship with weight and body image. This can manifest as something called an eating disorder, or basically an unhealthy relationship with food driven by a body image that is perceived as imperfect. An eating disorder can have serious, very dangerous impacts on the body, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but it is possible to overcome an eating disorder. The most important first step is identification of an eating disorder, which is critical to helping someone get on the path of recovery. So what does an eating disorder look like? There are two main types, anorexia nervosa and bulimia. A diagnosis of anorexia nervosa requires a few specific factors. First, calorie restriction that results in a very low body weight. Second, an intense fear of gaining weight or becoming fat. And third, 
a perception of one's own body weight or shape that fails to recognize its unhealthy status. Compare this to a diagnosis of bulimia, which has a different set of criteria. Episodes of binge eating, or eating large amounts of food in a short amount of time, inappropriate actions to prevent weight gain, including self-induced vomiting, using pills to make one have excessive bowel movements, or excessive exercise, meaning exercising in a way that is unhealthy, and a perception of self that is inappropriately reliant on body image. It's worth noting that there are many more illnesses that relate to unhealthy eating habits and an unhealthy relationship with body image. While anorexia and bulimia are the most well-known, other types of eating disorders, like binge eating and orthorexia, which is the medical term for an obsession with healthy eating, as well as disorders involving obsession with perceived flaws in one's body, which is called body dysmorphia, can also have negative impacts on one's physical and mental health. Here's what we do know about eating disorders today. First, while it's possible to struggle with an eating disorder at any point in life, the vast majority of cases occur in the preteen and teen years, right in the midst of puberty. And the numbers are pretty scary. The second thing that we see is that changes in school level, like going from junior high to high school, and again from high school to college, is associated with the development of eating disorders. As you might have already experienced, these can be times of major anxiety. There are also times when your body image is of high importance. You want to portray the best image of yourself. However, this pressure may drive some to unhealthy extremes with food. The last thing we know about eating disorders today is that there appears to be some genetic link, meaning that if someone's parents struggled with an eating disorder, it's more likely that their child may struggle with an eating disorder as well as a link to serotonin, which is a signaling molecule in the brain that is also linked to depression and anxiety. So why are eating disorders unhealthy and even dangerous? Well, because our bodies need energy in the form of food to survive. And the result of not getting enough food is scary. Eating disorders can cause hair to fall out, teeth to turn yellow or even rot, and dry skin. But on the inside, Inadequate nutrition can cause even bigger problems. Brittle bones, irregular heart rhythms, fluid overload and heart failure can all result from eating disorders. So here's the most important point. Body image and the perception of body weight is complex and often beyond our control. It's in our genes, it's in our cell signaling, and it's intrinsic to the gigantic changes that take place during the teen years. If you or someone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, don't be ashamed. But it's important to tell a doctor or an adult you trust as soon as possible. Finally, and this is probably the biggest factor in what shapes our perception of body image, external forces, celebrities, social media, the entertainment industry, and societal standards all influence what defines an ideal body part or the ideal body. You're, you're somewhat cute if you have like a good jawline, I guess. And like, I don't have a good jawline and that like, I thought like, that's how you got girls almost is you have to like look a certain way and stuff. Symmetrical faces, big boobs, large penis, slender females and muscular males are all examples of things that have high representation in pop culture. So it's natural for us to measure ourselves against those standards. Think about it. 
How many people do you interact with daily that meet those standards? Compare that number to how many famous people you can think of that meet those standards. I would guess the percentages are incredibly different. But the fact is that the more we see these norms represented in entertainment, the more we are driven to view these as perfection. And how on earth can we even compare? But so many people say negative things. I mean, like, it's just a toxic environment in a lot of places. And it's really sad to see, you know, how, like, incredibly toxic and like unhealthy it is and that's why I think like like I have social medias don't get me wrong but sometimes you know like I just won't like I won't look at certain people's posts because I know there's going to be negativity. External forces are a powerful tool in establishing unrealistic expectations and it helps to keep that perspective in mind when navigating the challenging puberty years. You're likely going to wish at some point that you looked like someone else or had someone else's features, and that's normal. But try not to let it preoccupy your thoughts. One thing that some people find helpful is to identify something that you absolutely love about yourself. My best friend in high school loved her toes, and we often joked that she would grow up to be a foot model. Another good friend had an absolutely amazing singing voice, and another was a beautiful writer. Personally, I love my sense of humor. What do you love about yourself? My favorite part of myself is my eyes. My favorite is also my eyes uh, because they, they change between three colors. Sometimes they're blue, sometimes they're green, sometimes they're gray. One thing that I really like about myself would have to be my hair. My favorite thing about myself, believe it or not, are my teeth. I like my red hair. I do have a six-pack, which I'm proud of, and I do have some some visible muscles, which I'm proud of, because I worked hard to get those, and I've worked out to try and get those muscles. See, we all have something that is uniquely fabulous about ourselves, and something that is uniquely our own. Wear it proudly from day to day. And when your confidence is low, take a look at those feet, sing a song at the top of your lungs, or whip out a lovely piece of poetry. You're the only you, and that is something very special. Before we go, I want to thank you all for listening to That's Totally Normal. If you ever have any questions for me, submit them via my website, on Seeker's social media, or write to us at that's totally normal at seeker.com. Remember, everything is completely anonymous, which means we won't use your name on the show. However, If you are really concerned about something going on or think you need medical attention, please talk to a doctor, parent, or an adult you feel safe talking to. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank Noah, Bogey, Lucy, RJ, Maverick, and Matilda for sharing their thoughts on today's topics. That's Totally Normal is a podcast created by Seeker and Trax. The show is hosted and written by me, Dr. Tessa Commerce. Emily Fell is our producer. Caroline Roth, Brian Simagala, and Matt Morales are our Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Ross. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner and Brian Pendergast. Thanks for listening.
Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.